de maio que mais que te roki roki o te awa o pawaho kia ora welcome to the podcast of the river o pawaho thanks for joining us this is the start of a series that we did in 2022 looking at the book of colossians our hope is that this ancient letter might help you as you follow jesus in our modern world Kelda We're starting a new series and I'm really excited about it. We are going to be spending about 3 months in the book of Colossians. 3 months is a is a reasonable amount of time to spend in a book which is only 4 chapters long, but there is so so much in there. Book is not a particularly helpful term for what it is. It's a letter. Did anyone grow up hearing the letters of the Bible called epistles? The epistles. Epistle is just the Greek word for letter. So, if you want to sound flash, you can call it the epistle to the Colossians. Bible is just the Greek word for book. So, it's an epistle in a book. There we go. This is fun. Speaking of that, pastor is another Greek word which actually just means shepherd. So we've got all these like strange Greek words that we just change the letters and, and use them in English. The letter, a letter to the Colossians. Now, the fascinating thing about the letters in the New Testament, there's about 21 of them, and they are a really random piece of scripture. They are scripture. They are God's word to his people. They are, they are. and yet at exactly the same time, they are a letter a specific letter from a specific person or from specific people to a specific group of people or person in a specific place at a specific time they they are they are letters and so on one hand they are god's word to his people they are scripture they are for all of us at all times and on the other hand they are a communication from someone to someone and if you set up camp at either end of that spectrum there are problems if you set up camp at it's entirely god's timeless word to all people at all times it gets really weird when paul starts giving people instructions like oh can you get my coat delivered to me and you're like oh what is what is the spiritual implication of paul's command to get his coat delivered or when it says remember my chains do we need to over spiritualize that and tell everyone what our spiritual chains Down this end of the spectrum, when it's all God's word, when it just becomes a letter, and all you do is think of it as that, then it's an interesting thing to study. But there's not necessarily these beautiful truths for us. The tension of reading the epistles is to straddle those two worlds and understand that simultaneously it is both. One of the other challenges of reading the epistles, the letters, is that. they have this english word you in them all the time and english is stupid because the word you means you and it also means you did that make sense in maori there are different words so there's koe which is you singular and then there's koto which is all of you and it's the same in greek but i think part of the fact that when you read the letters and it keeps saying you it feels like it's written to you which it both is and isn't these are really basic things but really important things to point out when we launch into 
um, working our way through one of the letters of the New Testament. And so what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try, I'm going to try and demonstrate how that, how that actually works. And so what I've done is I've written a letter. And it's a letter to Amy. And what I'd love to do is see how much of it someone else reading a letter that I've written to Amy can understand. So I'd like a volunteer who is going to read this letter out to us. Rory, you'd make a great volunteer. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. So Rory is going to be representative of us reading mail from one person to someone else. And so he's going to read the letter out to all of us, and then I'm going to ask him questions about the letter to see how much of it he understood. That's what's going to happen. I'm really keen to know which bits you understand and which bits you don't. I'm so glad you volunteered for this. Okay, here we go. Here's the letter. Sweet ass. James, a follower of Jesus, to Amy, my fellow servant of the Lord, grace and peace to you. I pray for you daily as I give thanks for Kashmir New Life, the community that you faithfully lead. I always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when I pray for you, because I know of your faith in Jesus Christ and the love that you have for all of God's people. I know that being a leader of a church and a Christian leadership organization isn't easy, and you should expect the powers and principalities to battle against you. But you were called for such a time as this. So remember, if we died with him, we will always live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. My prayer is constantly for the hope that we have in him, and that that hope may permeate the church. The hope in me has been strengthened this week. I was strengthened to hear that we are to receive over 220 native pants for our project. It's the James Beck translation. Just reading what's down here. I refuse to change for sweet as. Do we want to do a quick edit or just keep going? Okay. I've been speaking to Heidi and she is supportive of us enlarging our site. I must admit that there is a part of me that feels ill-equipped for such a task. But I know that the pirates, mutineers and saboteurs are mine to battle. I am grateful to have Arrow. It is a deep well for me to draw from. I am eagerly awaiting my return to Vaughan Park. I have been praying for Chris also as he steps into the mess that has arisen. I pray that he can continue to demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit even in this challenging season. I pray that he can be more like McCullum <laughs> and less like Taylor as he heads through this time. I know that I probably won't see you this week. But we both know that coffee covers over a multitude of sins. Send my love to everyone in your household. Tell Bevan, see to it that you finish the kitchen. I, James, write this in my own hand. Remember my chemex. Grace and peace be with you. Thank you. Stay here. You hold that. First, this letter was written from me to Amy. Amy, was there anything in that letter that you didn't understand? Okay, so it all made perfect sense to you. Great. Then there are other people that are close to my life and my world. I don't know if Bex is in here, but I'm, she hasn't read that letter. I assume that she understood pretty much all of it. She's out there. Yes, she did. Great. And then Rory is representing all of us, and so I'm keen for him to sort of look through, work through, and 
tell us on your behalf which bits of this he understood and which bits of this he needs more context to understand. So I'll, um, I'll hand it back to you, bro. Sweet as. Yeah, most of it, apart from I didn't know that Bevan was uh, finishing a kitchen. I don't think, wait, Chris should be more like McCullum and less like Taylor. I just, Ross Taylor is a all-time great test batsman. McCullum is not an all-time great test batsman. I feel like there's some, I don't know, there, there's, some, there's some explaining to do there. Um, I've got no idea what you're talking about in uh, Pirates, Mutineers and Saboteurs. And I'm assuming that your native pants are your native plants. Uh, do, you know, do you know who Heidi is? Do you know who, where Vaughan Park is? Do you know where Arrow is? Uh, do you know who Chris is? Okay, but you knew all of those things, Amy. Yes, okay, thank you. Cheers, bro. Big round of applause for Rory. This letter that I wrote made perfect sense to Amy. For the rest of us, we needed context to understand the meaning. There were some bits that would have made sense to absolutely all of us, uh, and this is, this is how Scripture works as well. Like, if we died with him, we also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. That was specifically to Amy about a specific situation, and yet at the same time, that is really easy to pull out and understand in its universality in terms of our ability to take that, understand that, and apply that to all of us. This is hopefully representative of the experience that we have when we engage with New Testament letters. There are pieces that are totally easy to engage, to understand, and they make perfect sense to our lives. And there are other pieces that we need a whole bunch of context to be able to understand. What I'm hoping to do with the last little piece of this talk is something that we did when we started the letter to the Ephesians, which is to do something we don't often do, or we don't do often enough as Christians, and that is to read a whole chunk of Scripture out loud. And when I say read, I mean I'm going to read the whole book of Colossians. It takes about 14 minutes. And to hear the whole thing in context, we have a habit of pulling specific bits that we like out and quoting them and not hearing them in in their entire context. And as I read through this letter, my invitation to you is to be really open and and honest with yourself about the pieces that make total sense, that resonate with you, that you're like, yes. And the pieces that you're like, what does that mean? To be honest with the fact that there are pieces of this letter that are very difficult to understand. And try to also follow the argument, the arc, the whole point of the letter. And we're going to have this experience together as we start this series, so that as we work through it, hopefully these moments that we have while I'm reading this letter now will stand out to you. The bits where you're like, I I think I understand that, I really don't understand that, and my hope is that as we move through the letter, we'll be able to provide context and make clear some of the things that would have made a lot of sense to the original listeners of this letter in Colossae but we need to do some work to understand them. Katepai, is that all good? Great. One more invitation. And this is especially for people who are probably like 30 or younger. Listening to a whole lot of scripture is actually hard work. This is the way that scripture was originally shared. A lot of people in the ancient world couldn't read or write. Most people heard scripture. But I'm imagining for the next 14 minutes as I read through this letter, and this is, this is literally the, the message for today, 
that you'll be tempted to reach into your pocket and grab your phone, <laughs> that you'll be tempted to start letting your mind wander and, and think about something else. My invitation to you is to give this your full attention and to see if you can put yourself into the shoes of the first hearers of this beautiful piece of scripture. Are we ready? Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to all God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you in the same way. The gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who was a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the sons he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now, I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, 
the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all of those who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human traditions and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or regard as a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind, and they have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations, indeed, have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship and their false humility and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. 
Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there are no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thanks to the God, the Father, through him. Wives, submit to your husbands. Submit yourself to your husbands as it is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs and there is no favoritism. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner, Aristocrus, 
sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epiphaz, who is one of you and servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church at her house. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read to the church of the Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace and peace be with you. Grace and peace be with you. My hope and my prayer is that as we read through that letter, there were things that were familiar, there were things that were strange, there were things that spoke to you, there were things that you didn't understand, there were things that affirmed something that's going on in your life, and things that confronted and challenged things that were going on in your life. And it is for that reason that this is the word of God to his people. And as we as a community do the work to walk our way through this letter, um, my prayer is that it will challenge and comfort us and invite us to be the people that God has created and called us to be individually and collectively as well. So that was part one of our series in the letter to the Colossians. If you want to find out more about our community, head along to theriveropawaho.org.nz. If you want to follow this series, make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. But until next time, Te aroha noa me te rangimari e, ki a koe. Grace and peace to you.